Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. listening to the following on podcast in partnership with the ECB and today we're bringing you a very special show. Jared Kimber is joined by the former England internationals Matt Pryor and Alex Tudor to investigate the cost of cricket. They've discussed why so many kids are being lost to other sports at such a young age, why the cost is so high for kids wanting to get into a development pathway and most importantly what can be done to help solve this issue to sit back and listen for the next 45 minutes or so. You're listening to the following on podcast from Talk Sports. Today we're going to be talking about money, which is uh, why we have that tune going on. We're going to be talking about pathway cricket and uh, how much it all costs because we know that cricket is an expensive game. But in certain ways of recent times, it's come to light through Matty Pryor's Twitter accounts uh, that there, is, uh, there are some other obstacles uh, to cricket. So w- we know that the equipment costs a lot of money. But Matty, why don't you tell your story and the tweets that uh, set the cricket world ablaze? Well, look, first and foremost, this is something that I'm, I'm very, very passionate about. And this is also not something that's new. This has been sort of six years or so of having these kind of conversations. And to be honest, over that time, I just thought everyone's made peace with it and now it's normal. I, I can also only speak for my experience at Sussex specifically because, of course, uh, that, that's where my kids are based and that's where I'm based what what I want to be clear on is, yes, once upon a time I used to play cricket, but actually I'm coming at this as a dad. This is Daddy Pryor, not this Maddie is, Pryor. Exactly. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing firsthand, I have two kids, very fortunate to have two kids in the Sussex pathway currently. Um, so I'm experiencing, as I say, experiencing firsthand what, what mums and dads are, are going through if their kids want to play cricket. And the reality is, if... I, and I know others, I've spoken to other uh, ex-Sussex players, e- England players, if, if, but I'll keep it specific to myself because I don't want to speak on, on behalf of anyone else. If I was coming through the system now, I would not be able to play cricket for Sussex because my mother and father would not be able to afford it. That, that's just a fact. I've spoken to them about it. I've told them what it was, and I would have gone and played football or another sport that, that where the costs um, weren't, weren't so excessive. Where I feel this is wrong and very wrong is that kids are being selected. They're being asked to go to trials and they're being selected based on their talent and being 
told, we want you to be part of Sussex, Essex, Kent, Surrey, Pathway. And then the parents are being slapped with a bill. And that is putting a lot of parents under a huge amount of pressure. And that's without what's gone on the last two years with COVID and everything else now going cost of living and everything. There are people under significant financial pressure, financial strain. And this is, you know, imagine being a parent with a talented boy or girl and having to tell them that they can't, they've been selected, they're in, but they can't do it because we, we can't afford it. So sorry, but we're really proud of you, but we can't, we can't do it. Or they're having to suck it up and find 500, 600, 700, 800 quid a summer, borrowing from grandparents, borrowing from friends, credit cards, whatever it is, trying to find a way to give their kid the opportunity to follow their dream. And what we're now experiencing are pathways where the kids involved are the kids that can afford it, not the most talented kids. There's a lot of conversation around diversity in cricket, and rightly so, absolutely. I don't think there's enough conversation around the financial barriers. Because you get rid of that financial barrier, it's amazing the impact on diversity that will have. And you will get it, be able to get into and access the communities that right now can't be accessed because of this, this barrier. Now, I'm not talking about cricket in the community and spreading the game. That is also equally important and, and a huge topic, and, and rightly so. I'm talking about the elite element, you know, the elite pathways. Where are the next Ben Stokes coming from? Where's the next Joe Root coming from? Because the amount of talent we are missing out on uh, because of this financial barrier must be huge. It costs, what, 30 quid for a football club or, or whatever it may be, pair of boots, and off you go and you play football. The amount of kids we are losing to football and other sports is significant. Well, if, if you compare it to a football club, if you go off to an academy and you're, you know, Crystal Palace Academy or, you know, wh- whichever club it is, I'm assuming you're not having to pay um, in order to play for that academy. So if you do have someone like Ben Stokes, who we know probably could have played any sport because of the kind of athlete that he was, you don't really want his parents making that decision. I'll, I'll bring you in here, Tudes, as well. Um, cricket is already an expensive game, right? It already has problems, especially in the UK, um, even more so than some of the other countries in the world. The ki- you know, when I grew up, we played cricket on synthetic wickets. We didn't need spikes, so there were, you know, and we, we had clubs that shared equipment. In the UK, generally, everyone needs their own equipment. They've got their own spikes. It's already expensive, Telling the, the 200 kids in a pathway system that they then have to pay to be in that pathway seems absolutely crazy to me. Yeah, it's nonsense. And I'm, I'm glad Matt has, has brought it up. And I, I remember when him, himself, and Robert Key were talking about it because, as you said, they are, yes, they're ex-players and they're, they're, people would think, yes, they're fortunate, like they're fortunate they've got finances. But I love that they're, because they've got kids in the pathway so they're talking from experience because they're there and they're seeing it and you know for me it's a nonsense you know it, it gets my back up a lot and as I said I'm, I'm glad that Matt has, has brought it to the forefront and, and it was just interesting reading the replies that he was getting from parents saying because how could you in one side as Matt, as Matt is saying is that we feel that your child is good enough but now you need to cough up four or five hundred pound I mean in my time playing like Matt I wouldn't have been playing I'll tell you that now. My dad would have, and my dad worked extremely hard because he had two boys that were playing cricket, me and my older brother. Um, he used to do double shifts and stuff like that to make sure that he was able to take us to the, 
to the games because it was funded back then. I, I can't remember my time when playing at London schools, playing representative south of England where my parents having to put their hand in their pocket. And there's meant to be more finances in the great game at the moment, right? Billion dollar TV deals and stuff like that. And that money's meant to be filtered. But we're not seeing it. How are... And as Matt's saying, he's not talking about... He's talking about the top level. So we're talking about kids at county level, pathway. So they're sort of the creme. How are they then? You're saying, right, okay, yeah, now you still have to fork out a load of money for you to be a part of that. that as you said, you will miss out a load of kids that will not be able... Their parents will not just not be able to afford it, especially in these times at the moment that we live in. It's virtually impossible. It, it was incredible that... that couple of weeks where I also just read I don't usually read the comments on social media they're not not kind often mm. but I, I did I read every single comment and the amount of parents that got in touch saying thank you for raising this topic it just fueled the flame for me because something needs to be done and it's very very obvious um, that that we need to find find another way and I, I think what, one other point I'll make is the arrogance of some of these counties, and again, I can only speak specifically, that a CEO could be quoted as saying, oh, well, we don't see it as an issue. We offer bursaries. Anyone that's struggling financially can phone us up and we'll help them out. Come on, mate. Get in the real world. That, that is another, that's another barrier. People are proud. People don't want to phone up the, the club and go cap in hand asking for handouts. And the other thing, and I know this as fact because I've spoken to parents who are in this position, they fear that their kid will be treated differently. They fear that their kid will not be selected based on talent because they're asking for a handout and they're not able to pay the fees. So they would rather keep quiet about it to give their kid the best chance because at the end of the day, what do you do as parents? You want the best for your child. So you will take up, you will, you will suck up a load of pressure. You will try and push yourself to give them every opportunity. We're putting parents in a really, really tough, tough position. And the other thing I'll say, coming back to the counties, and, and you know, um, there, another point I really do want to make here around this is because another feature was pri- private schools started copying it a little bit, to be honest. And people were going, private schools this, private schools that, and kids that go to private schools shouldn't be selected for, for, sus- uh, for county pathways because they get enough cricket at, at the school. Private schools are not the problem. I actually believe what the private schools are doing a fantastic job. And one of the reasons why, I mustn't forget, one of the reasons why New England cricketers are coming from state schools or the state sector, whatever it is, because if they are talented... Private schools are snapping them up straight away and they're saying, we'll give you a 100% scholarship. We'll give you an 80% scholarship. And it actually, what that does is it gives a talented kid an opportunity to get a really good education because not many are going to go on to be Ben Stokes. Not many, that's the reality. You're one injury away, even if you're the best, most talented kid on, on the planet. And, and they're giving kids an opportunity to, to re- reach their full potential. I, I don't mind. I'm very proud. I didn't come from money. My parents worked very, very hard, and I got a scholarship to Brighton College. I went to Brighton College, a very, very good school, on a 100% scholarship. There is no way I would have gone to that school, and I got good A-levels that I would never have got somewhere else, and I was very lucky to go on and play cricket for England. Great. Fine. But if I hadn't, I had something to, to fall back on, and that, that was based on a school giving me an opportunity and, and basically investing in my, in my talent, and that, that's what these schools do. And again, I don't think kids that are fortunate to go to private schools, whether they're scholarship or paid – why why should they not be allowed to be in part? Because then you're just, the prejudice is reversed. We have to take finance out of it entirely. So whether your dad is a billionaire or not is irrelevant. It's based on talent. You're selected based on talent and talent alone. And again, the council go, okay, well, 
Where's the money coming from? As Tudor as just said, how much money is in cricket now? Well, the just, hundred. Yeah, I was just going to say, where's this? All, where's all the money going? Where is it? We can have an idea where it's all going, but it's like, come on, man! Like, filter that. We're we're, we're sitting here in, in 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 the middle of London. Yeah, businesses all around. What do businesses do? They budget what's important in their business, right? Whatever is crucial in your business is going to make it successful. You budget for that, and the necessary budget goes into that. So what counties are basically saying is, we're not budgeting for Pathway because we don't see it as important. But we'll get the overseas player on 150 grand for five games, or we'll get that. I mean, we're, talking, we're not even talking about millions here. We're talking about 100, 200 grand to, 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 to fund a development pathway, you know, per, obviously per year. But it's not, it's not millions and millions and millions of pounds. So you're telling me you can't find budget to give your most talented cricketers in your county the best opportunity. I'd, I'm, I'm calling that. I'm sorry. This is a bit that confuses me, Jude. You are taxing the most talented cricketers in your area for being the most talented cricketers. I don't think any of us in this room would have a problem if Surrey turned around and they said, here's the best 200, 300 kids. We're going to bring them all in. They're going to get their training. They're going to be part of the Surrey, uh, Sussex pathway. Then on the side of that, they said... But for any other parents out there, we're going to have the same um, uh, facilities available. This is what it's going to cost. You won't have, you won't, won't say that you play for um, Sussex or Surrey or Lancashire on your shirt, but you'll be trained by the same coaches in the same place. But what they're actually doing is saying to these parents, do you know what? Your kid's pretty good, but in order for us to help them, we've got to do this. That just doesn't sit right with me. It's, uh, again, it's, it does. It makes your, your blood boil and... And Matt rightly says, I think where people or where counties possibly get it wrong, it's they go top heavy with anything. So you think of the coach, overseas players, you know, your your talented players, they're on a hell of a lot of money now. But then low down, because I always remember when I came out the game, my first thing, because I, I just love coaching, my first one, get me with your youngsters. Okay. And then I was just told blank, we we don't have finances. We don't have finances for that. And I was like, I found that astonishing. I was like, really? Because you've gone top every, you've, you know, you're paying him X amount, X amount, X amount, but you're not willing to give money lower down where you need it because that's the next generation. And as I said, I just think priorities are just messed up at the moment where they want that money. They want it. They have it. But it's where does that go? And I just think they're not dealing with the, the future as they say they are. And they're dealing with the now. So it's like, we need to get promoted. We win, need to win this. So we're going to just splash out all on that. We need to get that coach. But not with the youngsters. And I just think that's so wrong. And we get it wrong. So county cricket, I, I know it's got divided loyalties because you're going to your home fans. and you know, you're all, But you're also supposed to be building cricketers for the future for, for your, your local county team, but also for the England team. This for me, you know me, I'm very passionate about player development. This for me just seems like the absolute wrong way to go about developing players on a local level and eventually, as you said, finding Ben Stokes and Joe Root and Joffre Archer and those sorts of players in the system. We can't find... Okay, we've got Mark Wood. We've got another England bowler, opening bowler, bowling 75 miles an hour. We can't find opening batsmen. We can't find a spinner. They're out there. We're just losing them to other sports. You're telling me we, in, in, a, play, in a country like England with access to the children that we have and, and the opportunities they should have to play sport and play cricket, we, we, we're just not giving ourselves the best chance of accessing and finding these really talented kids. 
And when we do find them, we're then putting this barrier in place. Right? And that, that's, you're exactly right. You're, you're taxing. It's a good way of putting it. You're taxing your, your most talented kids. Um, and, and, you know, we, we have to find a way of getting part of getting around that. And look, the ECB have a huge responsibility here. Make no mistake. They, they govern the game. They have to look after the game. And part of that is development and, and pathways. So they have to, I believe, look at this very, very closely. The clubs, and, and there are some counties, but also when, when people have responded, there are some, Glamorgan, I, I don't believe you have to pay. Fair credit to them. I, I would love to chat to them and see how, the, how they're doing that and how they're funding it because that's exactly right. I, I believe there are other counties that are, are doing it right. So this isn't everyone. This isn't all of them, but there's some that are, that are getting it wrong, and unfortunately I'm involved with one of them. But we can't just wait for the ECB to give handouts. The, the, the counties have to, well, there's two ways of doing it. Either the ECB have to say, right, we're funding development pathway and we're going to own it and this is how we want it run at every single club and we fund it, right? And that this is how we're going to, this is our talent pathway, this is what it looks like. Here we go, here's your cash for it, go and run it. Fine. Or if they're not going to do that, then the clubs themselves have to get a bit imaginative here. The clubs themselves have to start thinking, this is a priority. This has to now be a priority. Our commercial departments, don't worry just about who your main sponsor is for the blast. Right? How are we funding our development pathway? Who, which businessmen do we know that are going to... you telling me that there aren't people out there, particularly in Sussex, that would not want... If you put a, a good business proposal together about funding cricket and talent, to find the next Ben Stokes, the, the next Joe Root, there aren't people that would want to invest in that? I don't believe there are. Uh, uh, sorry, I don't believe there, there aren't yeah. people that would, would want to do that. Jude, you obviously work at a private school. You work with these kids all the time. You would be used to working with parents who think their children are the next Joe Root or Ben Stokes. There's a... There's a <laughs> so, sorry to put you on the spot no, there. No, 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 it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> but... But you would be used to that, right? And, and that's a normal thing. You know, you see your kid, you know, my, my, my son's seven years old and I showed him some Shane Warne videos the other day and he came in and he bowled a perfect left arm wrist spinner and I was like, I'm going to make millions off this kid. This is awesome, yeah. right? You know, you do, that's what we do as parents. It feels like, to me, it's very exploitative of parents who all think their children are going to be wonderful and might go on to play professional cricket. And, and it's almost like a revenue raiser when it, it shouldn't be a revenue raiser. And also it just feels a little bit icky. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like the parents, are, they're getting pulled on their heartstrings a little bit when they're told, you know, yeah, I think your, your child's good and, and whatever. And as you said, these parents come to me, it's like, oh, you know, Mr. Tudor, which always still baffles me that people call me Mr. Tudor. It's crazy. <laughs> but it, but then they, they're like, oh, he's he's got a trial for Hunts County because that's the area where I live and stuff. So it'd be Hunts County, North Hunts is the, the club near there. And I'm like, okay, that's great. That's good. You paying for it? Yep. I'm like, okay, it's it's it's, it's not late. And I've always said, I said, I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm blatant like that, but that's how I that's how I see it. And then I'm like, how old are they? And they're like eight. I'm like, just allow your child to just enjoy. It. I said, does he play good school cricket yet? Does he play good at club? I'm like, okay, that's enough. He'll get found out. It's very hard now with everything that's about. Okay, and people, as you say, these pathways or whatever, for your child not to be seen. I think um, harder if, than before, at least. Yeah, it's, it's not all yeah, the way. It definitely, be, but. not. Yeah, and I'm just like, just let them enjoy it. Cause I always think sometimes some of the parents, not all, but some parents put far too much pressure on their kids. And then when I, I and I see it at school when they get to that sort of fourteen, fifteen, 
they thought I love it because they, it's, you know, they haven't had a Saturday out with their friends and Sunday they're doing something and they just think I've had enough because it's been part of my life for seven or eight years since the age of like seven, eight up to 15 where I've not I've had a, a chance to just go out and enjoy myself. You've made it. I've had to go and train. And you tell me I can't drive past McDonald's and I'm not allowed to go in there because you're saying I will never be a sportsman if I eat that type of food and that type of thing. And I just think just sometimes because of the finances in the game and it's not just cricket, football, whatever, parents just see it for me like it's a little bit like a lottery ticket yeah. that their child's going to be the next whoever and they think and I just like it's getting it wrong just getting it wrong horribly for me and, and Matt the other thing you and I were talking about this off air the other day Shane Watson is, is another player who didn't come from a lot of money and he's looked at the sort of the amount of money that his I would assume his children have to shell out for equipment now it's really really expensive I mean the price of bats in my lifetime is to, they've not gone up a, a sensible amount at all um there's already so many barriers in cricket. You know, there are people who live in London, you know, that, that have, and Manchester, have struggled to find grounds and all these sorts of things, training facilities, coaches, and all, all, all those sorts of things. We've, what we really want is a sport that has less barriers, and it just seems to be the complete opposite. Yeah, exactly. And as Chiz has just, just, just mentioned, the, the, look, the whole cricket family you want to call it that has to come together and that's where your cricket in the community and those projects are really really crucial because accessing that talent or potential talent is crucial that's the first step we've got to get into communities and get kids playing cricket first and foremost then we've got to be able to see them right those guys are good those girls are good then you've got to get them into your pathway right so you can see how this this isn't just just elite or just community it's how it all comes together meshes together like one big puzzle, that then once you've got your broad net out of how many kids and you're opening communities to cricket, then you go and you've got access to the most talented. You can then pick those most talented, get them into your pathway in a structured environment that gives them the best chance with the best coaching, et cetera, et cetera, and off you go. Right? That, that's how the model should work. Unfortunately, we throw barriers at every single step, particularly... The one, I think we're getting much better at getting cricket into, into communities. There are charities like Chance to Shine that are doing you know, fantastic work, fantastic jobs getting cricket out there and, and, and into communities. Then you get the kids that are talented and you give them an opportunity. And already at that first or second step, we're going barrier. That's going to cost you that. You've lost them. They're gone. You don't even get through that second step before you're then getting on to, right, Give them development, coach them, train them up, get them into the the county um, county setup as, on the academy, then into the second team, then in the first team, and then hopefully one day they walk out the Gabba for England. But the second step, we're we're creating a massive massive barrier, and and uh, you know we we have to we have to find a way, uh, everyone in cricket, to to get rid of that. I'm I feel very I mean uh, hopefully it, it comes across I'm very passionate about this and I'm not letting it go I, I really am not we we have to Yorkshire have already said they're, they're making pathway cricket free uh, they've they've found a way so that's one we've got 17 to go is is there a way between not the three of us uh, certainly Maddie may, maybe Tudor will come in as well Mr. Tudor sorry <laughs> will come in as well is there not a way of sponsoring the talent pathway as a whole like for me, if if I if, let's say I'm a boring bank, not the banks are boring, but I'm a boring bank, right? And I and I like okay, I'm going to sponsor all these kids. I'm going to have photos of all these kids, and then in ten years' time, I can say, well, I sponsored this player who's now playing for England, and this player who's just won a World Cup. 
it just doesn't make any sense to me that there's that you this needs to be something that counties need to be making money. And you you were talking to me about a sibling discount. Well, what do you need a sibling discount for in, in this cor- in kind of you've been picked because you're an elite player, <laughs> not because you're related to another elite player? Surely, call me cynical. I will, but you're, Dude, you're right. Call, in this call case. me cynical, but. The amount of kids in the pathway went from 300 to 750. Well, maybe Sussex 300 just got times a lot more 450 talented. quid and 750 times 450 quid. It's a big difference, right? It's a big chunk of change. Where's that money going? No one knows. The parents don't know. It's almost like, actually, if you let us know, right, this is where this money's going. It is a revenue stream, but it's going back into uh, cricket in the community or whatever it is. Okay, be transparent about that. Fine. But right now, you've just got parents going, hold on a minute. I'm paying a lot of money for my kid who's been selected, by the way, and it's now going to this cricket club so they can get an overseas star or try and win the blast or whatever it may be. And, and, and again, that's wrong. But, Jared, you're, you're exactly right. And this is, again, we have to put something together that, because there will be a bank. There will be a businessman. There will be someone out there. And I hope is that if there's someone listening right now that wants to get, I will build a plan and we can fund it and we can finance it and we can let's make pathway cricket free for these talented kids. No, I was I was just going to say um on the back of Matt where at the pathway as well I I'm hearing from people cuz parents talk to me as well and it's like they're not happy with the coaching. Like the coaching's not the greatest. And I, and I was and, and my big thing with when I got out the game was if a kid has seen someone you know, can relate to, oh, I've seen so-and-so on the TV or whatever, and then they're coming and delivering cricket. That would be a massive thing. But because there's no finances, so they say down there, you don't get the ex-player really coaching at that level where they set their um, sights is at the top end because that's where the money is. And I think that's where you get it wrong because it's not you don't do so much coaching at that level. It's getting your better coaches with your youngsters. And I've said it for years, and I'm still going to say it. You've got to get your better coaches, and this is where, in football, Ajax do it better than any. They're big coaches of your bird camps, those type of players. Where are they coaching? It's their kids at the academy level. That's where you need to get them. But within cricket, there isn't any money there, so you don't see the best coaches there. You see them want to be a head coach or bowling coach or batting coach because that's where the finances is. And for me, that's wrong. You need to do it the other way around. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So there we go, a fascinating lunchtime discussion between Jared Kimber, Alex Tudor, and Matt Pryor there. And if you have any thoughts on this topic, feel free to tweet them directly. That's at Kimber at Matt Pryor 13 or at Alex Tudor coach on Twitter, or you can tweet us at cricket underscore TS. Now, fortunately rain suspended play shortly after this lunch interview, which gave us an opportunity for John Norman to pick up where they left off and continued discussing this topic. What is the point or what do public schools get out of offering scholarships? I, I, is it financial? Is it reputation? Is it because they want to be seen to be beating the other yeah. public school up the road? It, Alex, it's, it's tell massive, us what it is. It's massive because, um, listen, I, I work in an independent school and my headmaster, and he's a, a, first he's a cricket enthusiast, but he loves sport and he's all about participation. And we, he doesn't believe in, in that. Some schools do. So Matt was saying he got a 100% scholarship. I know some schools give 110 where they're paying the kid to go to the school and it's all about like I I find it funny I turn up to fixtures I'm doing hockey don't laugh I do hockey it's this hockey term football cricket but you go and some sporting members of staff are under pressure for the result I'm like it's school cricket they're under pressure from up above to get the result so they would go out and get the creme de la creme get the the best kid they ain't worried about too much of the academic side but as long as that kid could get him to the final and win the final, it's all about prestige and, and them winning. And a lot of, not a lot, I don't want to say a lot, but I know of a few private schools that are all about the winning. That can't be right. That can't be right. So your, your boss yes. at your school, mm. he and, you know, I'm, I'm not casting aspersions, I'm just trying to work it out how mm. it works. How would he know, or she, know that there is a good cricketer playing at a school to you know in the county you know five ten twenty miles down the road how do they even know that they just have contacts don't they so especially as our school we have filter schools so we have state schools or grammar schools whatever that are around us and then they obviously want to send their kids to our school later so they have contacts around but they just I don't know how they know. You know, they have scouts. I mean, it could be I turn up at a game and I'll be like, headmaster, geez, I saw a kid. He, he looks he looks decent. I think he'll, he'll do great. But I always sort of say, academically, are they capable of surviving as well? Because then after they do their GCSEs, if they're struggling, you end up losing a load of kids as well. Um, and then we get a load that come in sixth form. But <laughs> it does make me laugh. Being in a circuit, which I've been now for six years, it'd be my sixth year this summer. And it does make me laugh sometimes when I go up and, and, and some of these sporting staff members, are, it's all about the result. It's all about the result. And I'm just saying, we're trying to make good human beings. They're good kids and, and they're just all about the result. And I'm... So what about you, Matty P? How did you get picked up? How did, they, how did the school teacher up the road find out that Matt Pryor, aged 16, I guess. No, no, no. I was. I was uh, it was my. I just moved over from South Africa. I was 11 years old. So you were 11 years a, old. I was in a inner city state school in Brighton uh, for one year, and then I managed to get into the through club cricket. I got picked up, and then went to Sussex under 11s, under 12s, 
and I had the most phenomenal. You know, there's certain people in your life that if they weren't there, you know, it may have been a very different thing. And I will name him. A guy called Dave Randall was my coach at under 12s, and he went to my mum and said, "What school does Matt go to?" And she said, "Ah." Oh, this particular school in Brighton, he said, right, okay, we're going to have to get him moved from there and I'll help open doors to, to schools. And my mum had to go and sit, literally had to do the cap in hand thing, put her pride, leave her pride at the door and say, look, this is our, our financial position. Uh, Matt can't, we can't afford Matt to come here. But be, purely based on my cricketing ability, um, they they wanted me in and they, they offered me a scholarship. Of course, I had to go and do the, the tests and... Mm. you know read a passage out of whatever it was and all that kind of stuff which are just about scraped through um and 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 but, but when i was at, when i was there it was very clear i was there to play cricket and um i i knew that everyone knew that i mean everyone else was in suits i wore a tracksuit when uh, i ducking out of another english <laughs> lesson it was like prior where are you off to i was like mm. cricket and they're like they, mm. they kind of couldn't touch me as long as my excuse was cricket that and and you know brighton college became the cricketing school in Sussex for a period of time because a number of other kids came to the school on that basis. So I think there is, you know, there's huge competition within private school, public schools, um, and the, whatever the whatever a school can get one-upmanship over the, over the other, particularly in kind of the southeast where we are, there's certain schools, and I, I do believe that headmasters still think, and probably rightly so, that parents will send their kid because they've got a strong rugby team or they will send their kid because they've got a strong cricket team. That That is still a lure for parents, paying parents, yes. and it's really important. Others will be... So it's actually... The, the others will be the drama, has to be, mm. or the art, or the music, or what, whatever it is that they own. That will be the, the USP, if you will, the differentiator. So, I mean, Brighton College now has just gone academic. That's their mm. thing. Mm. Um, and they've completely lost the sporting element. Um, but there are other schools that are going, right, we're going to double down on cricket now. Or uh, And listen, I... Quick, I, quick question. First off, do you think you would have played for England if that hadn't have happened? No. No chance? No. Why not? Um, I, I... Well, there, I, w- I wouldn't have had access. And this, this was a, a topic that we... Um, Oh, look, th- this is all hypothetical. Where I was very, very fortunate, I had two parents that wanted me to follow my dreams and they would have done anything to allow that. So I'm probably doing them a disservice by saying no because they would have probably made it happen. And you, um, you played for England. You didn't go to public school, did you? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Don't laugh, Johnny. What are you doing? <laughs> but listen, I was just going to say, follow on from Matty. So I get it. Independent school, it's a business. Yeah, they're there to raise money. They have a... You know, the governors and stuff, they're answerable for that. So if you look at independent schools now, you look at who's the cricket pro, who's the rugby pro, well, who's I the mean, football just pro. Just thinking back because to Surrey, it may, it may take, Bicknell, Martin Bicknell, yeah. where's he? He's at uh, Charhouse. Alex Tudor. Is that Kim Bolton? David Ward. Is that Whitgift? I mean, you know. Ali Brown. Ali Brown. Trinity. The... So so listen, it, it is, and it, and it may sway a parent, as Matty says, if, if it's like, who's at that school? Well... Matt Pryor's at that school. All right. He's quality cricketer. We're sending your child there. If it's going to get them a, a few ball bob, then that's what they're doing. A lot of schools are now doing that. If you if you look at in their sport department, it's all ex-pros, ex-players, like a high caliber of, of, of player. How much was the uh, term cost? Can you can you remember? Do you have, Ed, did you have any idea at your old college? I, 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 I'd be guessing. I'd be guessing. I have no idea. But what you're looking at nowadays, eight, eight grand a term? At most schools, mind you, London schools probably more. 
well, um, I mean, charterhouse, that type of thing, you're talking 35, 40 grand a year. A year. Yeah. Um, right. We're nowhere near that. We're, I think we're about 16. See, a there's year. A, there is another element, and this is what came to my mind, you know, speaking personally, as somebody who grew up in, um, in a school which I played one day's cricket in my entire school life from primary and secondary and that was in primary and the only reason we played that day was because the teacher was a friend of my dad and he he knew I loved cricket so we played one day and when you take what you're doing essentially is taking Matt Pryor out of his school a cricket badger Mm. that means all of those people that you would have influenced in your school to become interested in cricket that goes that goes elsewhere so it's taking they didn't play cricket they didn't play cricket at school, and that, and I no, know, I know, I know where you're going with this, either. and it, this is an equally important topic. But what I don't want it to get confused about, and it's why I made the point about independent schools, because yeah. they they will get they get hammered, they like every, you know, and and, and they shouldn't, and they shouldn't, because as Chid said, it is a business, and they also give kids a lot of fantastic opportunities, yeah. and I, I'm one of them, so I'm gonna so I will stand up for independent they school. Well, they gave me access to play sport. And but what was the other thing you said earlier on? A very good education. Exactly. That's yeah. wrong, though, isn't it? Why is it wrong? Because if you're dangling the carrot to a youngster, aged 11, come to our school because we'll give you a good education. Hang on. That's, then there's something rotten in the system. Because surely you should have already been having a good education. And that's not the public. So I'm not, yeah, but, I'm but not Hold on. Now we're going into a whole thing that's got nothing to do with cricket. I just I just need to make this one this one point. So please bear with me. Cricket and the growth of cricket or death in cricket in in England and not enough cricket in schools and not enough cricket or access to cricket in in communities etc cetera, etc cetera, is a huge huge problem and cannot be underestimated and needs to be fixed. Kids that go to private schools absolutely have more access to cricket and good coaching and facilities than kids that go to state schools. That is an issue, and there is a huge divide. There is no argument, and that also needs fixing. However, the, the, the point we were talking about at lunch with regard to pathway cricket is about the most talent. The kids that have already got in the system, they've already played cricket, and they are showing good signs of extreme talent, and that talent needs to be nurtured, and we're putting a barrier. So for me, there's, there's two separate, and both are equally important conversations. The first one is about how we get as many kids into cricket as possible so that our net is vast, and we're picking from everyone, right? That, 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 and that is charities, state schools, getting cricket back in, in PE lessons, and having access to fields so, so kids can... We, all the barriers that we know that there are already there for cricket and getting kids from all communities playing cricket. Now, that is one topic of conversation, and it's a massive topic of conversation. Once those kids are then into cricket and they get selected based on their ability and they get told, we want you to come and play for Sussex, Surrey, Essex, Kent, whoever it is, because you're talented, then they're getting slapped with a bill. That's another conversation, and that is also equally important because this whole thing needs to work together coherently for us to get our most talented kids all the way to walking out playing cricket for England. Okay, so this is the this was a topic, and it still is a topic, and it's something that we will hopefully be able to continue being the topic, uh, one that we will revisit during the third Test match, and you're back as part of the commentary team. But so, what do we need to do? Because already in the 10 minutes or so between the end of our lunchtime conversation and the start of play, Mark Butcher and Steve Harmison t- taking up the uh, the commentary. 
you were getting messages from, from certain people. But, but what do we need? What do we need to happen to actually get this ball properly rolling? Well, I mean, cash is king. That's the reality. The first thing you need is finance. You need finance. If we're saying that we're going to take the financial pressure away from parents, talented kids, then we need finance to, to contribute and be able to cover those costs of coaching, of kit, of uh, facilities, of transport, of whatever it is. Because all well and good picking, because even if it's the coaching covered, the kit covered, etc., etc., we're then asking a kid from Crawley whose parents have to work all day, every day, two jobs, three do- jobs, whatever it is, and they've got to now travel 25 minutes into Hove because the county ground's in Hove and they have no access to transport, pick them, pay for them, you can't get them there. So actually, how are we going to properly invest in getting the most, giving the most talented youngsters an opportunity? This needs to be looked into in absolute detail, a proper plan put together. But of course, the first thing that needs, I mean, well, that's the first thing that needs to happen. And then it's investment. Then it's people who are willing to go, actually, do you know what? I do want to support this. I want to support finding the next international cricketer for England who's going to go and win us the Ashes, win us a World Cup, have those fantastic moments. The risk here for a company is it's not a sure thing. But I see that as a great opportunity because actually all those cynics that say, well, of course they're paying Ben Stokes 200 grand a year because he's already made it. He's Ben Stokes. His name's got X amount of Twitter followers. He's got this, that, and the next thing. You aren't, got, you aren't guaranteed that. What you're doing is saying, we're going to invest in the future. We're going to invest that if our money is used correctly, we then produce the next Ben Stokes Fantastic. I was speaking to Jared Kimber about it, and he was saying it was exactly what happened in Australia. Well, actually, it's funny you said that because I wanted to bring Jared back into this conversation because the conversation did continue, didn't it? We, we, uh, we went uh, off to a, a little break, and then uh, Mark Butcher and Steve Armisen took up commentary, and we just continued talking about it. And what Jared was saying, and I'll bring in Jared now. Jared, give us an idea. And I think anybody who has been to Australia, I found it eye-opening to see just to give you one example i was in alice springs which must have a population of I mean, I, 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 25 people yeah it's not many but the infrastructure sporting infrastructure in a place like alice springs was ast- astonished me just how much space and money and uh, equipment and everything was, was in a very very small place but listening to this conversation how does it work or how has it worked in australia so I don't know if Cricket Australia got involved or if it, it was the bank, but there was, um, I think it was the National Australia Bank got involved in, I think, the academy system originally. Um, and it was men's and women, and they weren't a major sponsor of the men's team that often, or even the women's team that often, from, from my memory. But what they did do is they got very heavily involved in uh, the academies, the pathways, and all those sorts of things. So that if, if you were playing cricket at the lower level, Chances are you'd be given. I mean, what, what do we have in, in this country? The uh, All Stars cricket. So you get the All Star cricket shirt, which which everyone gets when they sign up for All Stars, um, and then you put the sponsor logo on that. So again, you're putting you know thousands and thousands of dollars in it, and uh, you know you get, sorry thousands and thousands of kids with these shirts on. The second thing that they had was because they kept their sponsorship for such a long time in, in cricket. Those players who grew up, you know, with their little, you know, uh, national blank hats on, yeah, Cricket Australia hats on, went on to be in the ads, right? Steve Smith and Elise Perry and these sorts of players went on to actually be part of that. And um, so they weren't, it wasn't so much about the advertising on the major team, 
which, which is great, and we, we all support that. It's more about p pathways and how can we help get boys and girls into this game. And then, you know, you know, parents were happy enough to be able to get the free shirt, and their kids got the shirt. And then it went, then the, you know, because it was an advertiser, then the advertisers were saying, well, can we play cricket games? You, you, Maddie and Chudes and, and you, 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 we've all been to test matches in Australia. At halftime, you have... You have the um, uh, the softball games out in the middle of the ground. Again, the kids have quite often got logos on them. And, you know, it's sponsored and it's part of the event. But also, those kids are getting to play on the MCG or the SCG or whichever grounds. Sadly, I don't think they do it as much as they used to do it in Australia. Um, so again, you're getting more chance to be able to advertise, uh, you know, and for have to have people to talk about it. And then you also look like you're doing something, right? Maddie said it perfectly before. We've got no, no, nothing wrong with giving a bunch of money to sponsor Ben Stokes for his next big idea or, or the England men's team or the England women's team. But you're not building anything. What you're really just doing is putting your sticker on their shirts. You have a chance to actually help cricket grow and you can make a big deal about that all the way up. And I think that's what, for me, if I was a sponsor, that I'd be thinking, that's a really interesting sponsorship because I'm still going to be talking to all these different people. Um, people are going to be seeing our logo, but they're going to be seeing us actually doing something rather than just putting a sticker on the ground. Uh, we've had a phenomenal response on social media. Gary Thomas uh, tweets us um, at TalkSport2. Uh, great conversation about finance and opportunities for kids in cricket today. Surely at All-Stars Cricket has to create a pathway for those that can't afford access. Uh, Peter Finch at cricket underscore TS. A lot of counties seem to leave coaching to league clubs and cherry pick the best as and when that they need someone. Um, would, you, would you agree, Matt? Um, again, I, c I can only speak of my experience and, and uh, Sussex as a county. I think um, actually what, I, what I've found is there's been a disconnect between Sussex County Cricket Club and the clubs, the local clubs. And when I've gone to local clubs, again, because this is my kids play cricket, that's why I sit there as a dad watching them play cricket and dropping them off on a Tuesday night. And all I see are passionate volunteers wanting to help kids get better and doing their level one coaching and level two coaching, et cetera, et cetera, and then they're left to their own devices. Why would you not build a bridge between the county and the clubs? Again, this is just my experience with, within Sussex. It's broken. And the clubs are going, please help us. What do we need to do? How can we help you get more kids playing cricket? How can we help you make sure that when the kids are playing cricket, we're giving them the right advice? We're actually coaching. Because all we're going to get in coaching, if you get poor coaching, that's detrimental. You need good coaching. So actually, getting the standard and level of coaches up is as important as getting kids playing cricket, if that makes sense. So the, the, the clubs are a key element. And also, the kids that don't go to have access to, to cricket at private schools, public schools, they go to their club and play cricket. So the club, the opportunities, the facilities, club cricket, the coaching there, that's what needs to be good because that's how these, that's the touch point for state school pupils. I was just going to say that the, the, the state school thing, because um, sometimes it does wind me up. I, I, when, listen, I would have, I think I've always, I would always played cricket because of my dad, my older brother, whatever. But we had a young guy turn up to our school and I'm going to name check him, Mr. Grove. Okay. He's now doing extremely well. He's a head teacher at Bellevue, just on Nightingale Lane in Battersea, doing great things. And I always knew he was destined for greatness. He came to our school. We played no sport. No sport whatsoever. He came, he saw a group of kids and said, I can do something with these kids. He did exactly what Matt was saying. He went out, you know what? 
He went to the local estate agent. Sponsor us. Put your name on. We're going to get some shirts. Put your name on there. They did that. We played football, cricket, and lacrosse. We had no idea what lacrosse was. But he taught, <laughs> he taught us that. And we went out and played. It was phenomenal. He was brilliant. And we got competitive. And we played some sport. I was playing with guys that from the estate. And it was, it was great. And we were doing really well. We played against prestigious schools, Granard in Putney and Roehampton and, and stuff like that. We played football games. It was, it, was, it was wonderful. So what I'm saying is, is that if you have someone within the state school system that has that passion, because kids want to do what they see, right? And I know these teachers work extremely hard. I'm in the system. I know what it's like. But they want to clock off. They don't want to stay behind a lot of them, the academic teachers, that is. They don't want to stay behind and do the extra stuff. And you need people within that system. So the head teachers out there, if you're listening, you know, when you're employing, you know, our head teacher, when you come to our school, part of your job is you have to do sports. You have to have a help run do games or you have to, it's, it's part, of, part of your job, right? So when you're employing these people, just make sure that you're employing the right people to have that hunger to give the kids something because you know as you say you know for too long I'm hearing our oh, state schools don't have this don't have that it's the people that are within there that can make a change and, I, and, and like with anything who wants to make a difference all what's going on in the world at the moment who wants to make a change for good and I think what Matt's doing and what we're hopefully going to push here is that hopefully we will carry on this and hopefully someone out there will want to do something massive to change this because it needs changing our thanks to John Norman, Jared Kimber and former England internationals Matt Pryor and Alex Tudor there. And if you have any thoughts on this topic, feel free to tweet us at cricket underscore TS. We'll be back tomorrow afternoon for live and exclusive ball by ball commentary of the second test between the West Indies and England from Barbados. And Goffey returns to the team for this test. We'll be on air at 1pm ahead of a 2pm start. But for now... This has been the following on podcast from TalkSport in partnership with... Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. The ECB. Well, that's it for another edition of Following On. Thanks uh, for listening. And if you ever have any ideas for guests or have questions for uh, the likes of Steve Harmison or Neil Manthorpe, feel free to tweet me at Fulham John or via at cricket underscore TS. And uh, either I or one of the team will make sure that your questions are read out uh, on the show at the earliest convenience. Also, please take the time to leave a review. And if you're already a subscriber, then tell your mates to do the same. And if you want more content from the likes of Steve Harmison, then head over to his YouTube channel and tell him I sent you. Thanks for listening to Following On. Follow On. 